It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Who didn't have frosted chips in the day? We're going to hear a soundbite from a coach that I guarantee you had frosted tips back in the 90s. That's Lane Kiffin. We'll hear from the Ole Miss head coach coming up in just a bit. It's Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. Tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. I am Chris Budden. He is Myra Medcalf filling in on a Friday for Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. It's presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycles. RV and boat insurance. Visit progressive.com. Myron, a bipartisan trio of U.S. senators put out a draft Thursday morning of legislation that they would like to create a uniform national law for how college athletics can make money and provide health care benefits, allow for scholarships not to be taken away. There are a lot of things that are in this bill. And it is the first time since we've seen a bipartisan. Listen, Congress doesn't agree on anything. So the fact that they all agree on doing right by our athletes uh, is a positive thing. But at what point now um, does the federal government need to be enforcing rules in college athletics? Yeah, it it feels like they have other things to do. It it feels like the NCAA kind of went and tried to get their big brother. You know, they got into a fight and they said, hold on, I'm going to get some help. Like, I just think this is something that the NCAA should be working through. And now the federal government is involved. If you look at the proposal, Chris, it doesn't seem like it's all NIL. This is about health benefits for athletes. This is about scholarship guarantees. It's all these things where you're like, okay, are we saying that the federal government is going to be the new NCAA? Because if that's the case, Chris, I don't think that's a good idea for anybody involved. Okay, uh, let's first hear from Lane Kiffin. Uh, It is media days, uh, SEC media days just wrapped up, and he was very vocal about the state of NIL right now. Just like when everybody was like, oh, we got this NIL, it's great. And then, um, you know, in this portal, it's great. Oh, whoa. Like, and I'm not saying I was the only one saying, I'm like, well, this is a disaster coming because you just legalized cheating. And you just told donors they can pay the players. That's what you did. And then, you know, it's supposed to be set up well. It's really for your name, image, likeness, for your marketing. Again, that's not what happened. That's not what's happening. They're getting paid to go to school. So it's pay for play. He is not wrong. It is pay for play. And we should just do with the name, do away with NIL because it's not name image likeness. It is pay for play. Whether he's complaining about it or not, he's not wrong in what he said. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that tells the full story. Like at the end of the day, people are being compensated according to their market value. Like if someone wants to give a quarterback $5 million and that's what they're worth, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And my problem with the Lane Kiffins of the world is I do think there is some hypocrisy in all this. Lane Kiffin has a top 25 recruiting class this year and in next year's recruiting class. NIL has played a role in that. So it's actually helping people like him. What I think the real argument is, is they don't want other coaches to have an advantage over them. 
but they're fine if it works in, on their behalf. Fine if you tell me there need to be regulations. I'm okay with that. But why are we stopping athletes from getting what they're worth? Like, why is that once again becoming a conversation? Yeah, I do agree. But there needs to be some uniformity, especially among all the states, because every state has their own rules. You know, like Quinn Ewers left high school early because he got a kombucha deal, and Texas doesn't allow you to earn money through NIL as a high schooler. So there needs to be some uniformity from all the states. There needs to be some protection from the athletes. And I'm not saying that, like, what the coaches and the commissioners are doing are actually for the best for the athletes. It's probably best for themselves in the long run. But we need to do away with you know the unlicensed agents that are taking advantage of these of these players we we need to do away with the idea that the boosters can just at any point in time say you know i'm not i know i promised you that but i'm not giving it to you and guess what you don't have a leg to stand on because you can't afford to have legal counsel so i do want to go through a little bit of the bill because it's interesting a lot of this isn't even about nil part of it is healthcare, establishing a medical trust fund for sports related injuries uh for two years, it would pay for uh, out-of-pocket medical expenses for two years after they're finished playing. Draft eligibility that college athletes can enter drafts for professional leagues without losing their NCAA eligibility if they decide to return. Scholarship guarantees that you can't have your scholarship taken away. Education that they don't discourage you from choosing a particular academic major. Transparency that require to report annually on athletic revenue. There's a lot more than just NIL, and NIL gets the headline for it. But a lot of these things make sense. But at the end of the day, why is the federal government the boss that's going to implement these things? And how does the federal government say, you need to offer insurance for the next two years when they have no idea? Like, whose pocket is that coming out of? That should be the NCAA who says, you need to enforce these things that we have, these bullet points that we would like you to do, except we've learned over the last several years, the NCAA has absolutely no authority over these schools in general. Yeah, I mean, to your point, like, this list, like, what else do you get as an athlete? Do you get a rainbow and a pot of gold, too? Like, what are we talking about at the end of the day? These are very idealistic things. I get it. But to your point, who's paying? The eligibility thing. Every athlete who enters the draft will be eligible to return to college uh, at least seven days, within seven days after the draft. Does that mean if they're drafted, like if they're a fifth-round pick and they're like, I'll come back and be a first-round pick next year? Does it mean if they're undrafted? And what does the NFL think about that, Chris? There are a lot of measures here where I'm like, how do you actually get some of these things done? And it also feels like it's not what the coaches and the execs and the ADs and the chancellors uh, and the conference commissioners are actually asking for. They're saying we don't want players to be able to make millions of dollars. We want to be able to put a cap on what every athlete can make. We want transparency in the process. And it feels like Congress is saying, well, we'll give you that but we're going to have to reshape college sports as a result. I just don't think that's a good idea for college sports going forward. So they would create a new corporation dubbed the College Athletic Corporation that would work with existing associations like the NCAA. Again, we've shown over the last several years that the NCAA is seriously lacking any sort of power over these schools. A lot of these things are – It's common sense. Like, they would provide athletes with 15 hours per year of financial literacy and life skills training that would count towards college credit. Like, that is a good idea. Offering health insurance for the next two years when most of these players will never make the NFL and will have long-existing health issues because of playing a game that is so violent. But again, like, 
how is the federal government supposed to enforce that? They have no idea the budgets, everything that's allocated towards college sports. And how, at the end of the day, are you going to enforce that? You know how many colleges and how many sports and different sports yeah. teams there are out there? Like, there is no way that you would be able to enforce that as a federal government. Yeah, they seem disconnected. And also, what's interesting is with NIL, there are a lot of issues, right? But these aren't the schools paying players. And, and now these bill, this bill is saying, okay, we may give you what you want, schools, but now you're going to have to pay out of your pocket in order to make this happen. That's not what these schools want at all. I think this might be a miscalculation on the part yeah. of everybody involved in collegiate sports. Let's get it. In, let's get it done a different way. It was just a ginormous combustion when you take transfer portal and NIL and all introduce it at the same time. And we've seen several athletes that have gone to sign at schools, sign national letters of intent, and then not been given the money that they promised because you know who holds all the power now? The booster. And if the booster decides, well, that's not the quarterback that I want playing for my team, so I'm not going to give you the money. Now that kid's already signed to play, has made a huge like impact on these high schoolers that don't have the proper education to understand what they are signing and what they're getting into and have no basis to stand for like the fine print or whatever. And if they're not getting all their money, like what are they supposed to do now? They're kind of left out in the dust and there's no like uniform legality to stand on and oversee it because all of this has, you know, we use the phrase over and over guardrails. There are no guardrails all right coming up it's my turn to rank the top five super bowl contenders we'll see what we agree on and what we don't i'll do it next it's joe and amber on espn radio joe and amber the podcast robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, 
visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Time now to continue our ESPN Radio Rankum with top five Super Bowl contenders. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Burrow, touchdown, what a start. Two ask your hands, one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them, the top five Super Bowl contenders. Number right, five. Here's, here's um, where I might need to run to the toilet after I just say what I just am <laughs> about to say. I put the Jets at five. Oh, I even hate it coming out of my mouth. But when you look at the talent on that team, they had the worst quarterback in the league last year, Zach Wilson. They still almost made the playoffs. Now you have Aaron Rodgers. If he stays healthy, if he can play the majority of that season, they got a fantastic defense. Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall coming back from an ACL injury. I think that the Jets might have a chance. I'm not saying win it, but at least make a spot in the playoffs. And that sounds so gross. Even saying that, although I do work with Bob with shoes and the voice of the Jets every football weekend, so I do kind of get on the Jets bandwagon just so he has something to cheer about after uh, week after week after week of not making the playoffs. Number four. All right, here's where I put the Bengals. And part of this is when you look at their record against the Chiefs over the last two seasons, they played four games, the Bengals winning three of them, uh, only lost one time, Joey Cool. Uh, You look at the trio wide receivers and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and you got Tyler Boyd on that team. The offensive weapons that the Bengals have puts them at number four. Number three. All right, you had this team at number two, and I am going to go with the Eagles. They have Jalen Hurts, the MVP runner-up last season. A lot of options to catch the ball. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Oh, by the way, they also went and got all of Georgia's defense. Uh, you talk about adding Jalen Carter to that, Nolan Smith. We'll see if Jalen Carter is the same player that we saw at Georgia. There was, you know, some stuff about him in his pro day and gaining a little bit of weight and not being able to finish workouts. I'm sure now being a part of that NFL team, having the training and all of that, uh, it's basically, what did we say, Athens North up there, particularly <laughs> on defense for the Eagles. Number two. Number two, I have the Bills. So you had it number five. I was shocked you had them so high. Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's my second quarterback behind Patrick Mahomes, one of the best offenses in the NFL. Again, all of the weapons that they have. I think the media made too much of the Stephon Diggs stuff. Uh, You add in what they got in Dalton Kincaid, the tight end coming from Utah. Dalton Knox there, so you give him a couple extra pass catchers. They also had one of the top five defenses last year, and that was without Von Miller, who's coming back from a season-ending ACL injury. So I have the Buffalo Bills at number two. Number one. The Dallas Cowboys. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Number one. (laughs) What is the obvious selection here? It is 
the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and that entire crew around him, what you saw from him last season. And I know my knock of, like, that entire team revolves around him, and if he gets injured, that's, like, the one scary part that's the unknown. But he proved last year, high ankle sprain or not, I'm going to finish out for my team. Uh, You know, we were talking about the documentary quarterback. He has been fascinating to watch. Um, Just, like – the way that he keeps his body ready for every game, be able to do those baseball-style throws, he brought up his own trainer they had worked with when he was in Lubbock, and they do these particular stretches so that his body is able to manipulate, to do all the sidearms and everything. Um, I, I just He's a fascinating watch. He's, he's super nice to all the pass rushers that every time they come near him, like, hey, good rush, bro. Hey, good, good, good rush. So that, you know, they don't act, get like a, a secondary hit on them. Uh, I, to me, like, I don't, I don't see how anyone else puts the Chiefs uh, at number one. James, do you agree? Oh, yeah. I, you guys, listen, uh, you guys passed the test. Uh, there was only one right, correct, number one answer. Uh, for this for for this rankum and uh, you guys both uh, you, got, you both passed yeah well, la- well last time I did this show with you James who was it that, uh, uh, that- Mark yeah Mark Zeno uh, had had Josh Allen as the number one cornerback uh, over Patrick Mahomes which is Ooh. one of the most ridiculous and um, terrible takes of in ESPN Radio history uh, I think let me ask you this Chris you, you got the Jets that's the one team we disagree on. Do you think Aaron Rodgers has to have like a Pro Bowl level season for the Jets to be a legit contender, or do you think he can just kind of be average and and that's enough? Like, how good does he have to be this year? Slightly above average, and I actually don't even know if it's slightly above average, but he has to be able to play because you have no other option. So if he gets injured or what, and we've seen him be injured the last couple seasons, you can't sit there and play less than sixty five percent of your snaps. That's, that is a, that is a downward spiral for the jack. It is a significant drop off. I didn't have the 49ers in there like you did. That was the one team. And to me, it's because the question mark at quarterback, it is now, it is now such a quarterback driven league that even, you know, I, I understand there's a lot of depth and a lot of talent there, but also not knowing who it would be is why I have question marks. It's like when we, we cover a lot of college, like, that's why I can't have put Alabama sitting there winning the West because yeah. I don't know what they have at quarterback. And this game is now so quarterback-centric that that's my one concern with the 49ers. And if it is Brock Purdy, do we see what we saw from him last year? Like, I don't like, was that just a good special, question. incredible season? We're going to find out. I think that's good. I mean, your list is great. I mean, we had one disagreement. I, I do wonder, Bills, Eagles, do like, what do you think is different with the Bills? Because my thing with the Bills is, I think their time is coming, but it's just such a difficult path. You got to go through Cincinnati, Kansas City, and that's not even talking about Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham and what that could be. Maybe Justin Herbert and the Chargers are better. Like, there's so many good teams you got to go through to get to the Super Bowl. Like, that's why I think the Bills have such a difficult path. I think that's so rude because the Eagles have to go <laughs> through the Cowboys. I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to outsmart Mike McCarthy? Oh, here's the deal. I don't have the Cowboys in there because they'd have to get past the 49ers, and we know that that's never going to happen, so they're yeah. not going to make the Super Bowl, especially when we saw the last two years. Just line up Zeke Elliott under, as, uh, oh. at, at center, and things will go swimmingly with oh, that idea. Goodness. Like, that's the worst play I've ever seen, by the way. Like, 
Like, like that wasn't a bad. That's the worst play I've ever seen. And then they brought him back and said, we're going to let you call plays. I just don't know how this goes well. Uh, I, I do have some optimism, even if, you know, Tony Pollard doesn't side the long-term deal. You got to go through the Giants and, you know, I, no, I agree. I, I, I just don't know if the Eagles will be able to replicate what they did a year ago. They certainly have the weapons. It will just be interesting to see if Jalen Hurts is the exact quarterback that he was a year ago. I believe in him, but I also do think that, like, I think the Cowboys could take one or two from him. Coming up, what are the ceiling for the Browns and the Packers this season? We'll get into that next. It is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hope your Friday evening is going well. You're listening to Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Time for a little sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. All right, James Steele, what do we have today on Sound On, Sound Off? Yeah, the Browns obviously went all in and got their franchise quarterback last offseason into Sean Watson, but they still finished 7-10. and 10. Watson struggled to play at his um, all-pro level after missing almost two full seasons due to a holdout and the suspension. So what, uh, what is Cleveland's ceiling now that they'll have their quarterback for a full season? Here's ESPN Cleveland's Gerard Cherry. I see a situation where they can win the division. Now, from there, that puts you in the playoffs. And I could also encompass an idea where they are actually finding themselves competing in that divisional round of the AFC. So, AFC Championship, getting in there, to my mind, is not a stretch. But obviously, it takes Deshaun Watson coming to play. It takes the defense stepping up and following what Jim Schwartz is teaching them to do. And as I said before, special teams have to do their part. You have to play complimentary football. If you're not playing that, and if you're not consistent, you're not going to win. Myron Gerard says AFC Championship game isn't out of the question for the Browns. What do you think the Browns ceiling is this season? Uh, I think the great thing about this country is everybody can dream, right? We all can have big <laughs> dreams. Um, <laughs> you're not winning a division if Joe Burrow's there. You know, you're not, I think, winning a division when you've got to go through uh, now, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham, what that could be. Uh, you can say what you want about Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin's history of, of finding a way out of no way. I just think it's going to be difficult. Like, we didn't get a huge sample size with Deshaun Watson, but in what we saw, he just wasn't good. Completed just 58% of his passes. Looked like a guy who hadn't played football in two years. Maybe the offseason, maybe a full training camp uh, and the real reps, maybe that helps. But I'm not convinced we're going to see the Deshaun Watson, who was an MVP candidate in Houston at any point. That defense is okay. Zadarius Smith, that's a big move for them. Uh, Putting him next to Miles Garrett, that makes a lot of sense. But I don't think they're great because of all the questions they have at cornerback. So I think Cleveland, to me, is in a situation where they finished third or fourth in that division, and they're at risk of not making the playoffs. Chris? 
Oh, I didn't know if I was supposed to wait for the next one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 not when you play in that division. It's going to be the same answer for my next one. It's just, listen, we, we thought we were going to get Deshaun Watson, what he looked like two years previously when he signs that contract. Will he look a lot better now a, a year into the system? Yes. I still don't think that they make the playoffs, no. All right, the Packers have gone nearly three decades with future Hall of Famers at quarterback, but now Aaron Rodgers is in New York with the Jets, and they'll move on to Jordan Love. We don't know what kind of quarterback Love will be, but he has big shoes to fill. Will he be able to get Green Bay back to the playoffs? Here's uh, Jeff Darlington earlier on ESPN Radio. I wouldn't necessarily be convinced that the Packers were playoff-bound even with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback. Um, so, I, you know, I feel the same with Jordan Love as the quarterback. I, I don't know if they're built to be, especially in the division that is really improving, where you've got, we talked about the Bears getting better, the Lions seemingly a a sleeper team this year, or maybe not even a sleeper anymore. Uh, The Vikings, obviously, one of those teams where they're always in it, uh, if if not a crazy postseason threat. So it's going to be difficult for the Packers to get in no matter what. And anybody who tells you that they know what's going to happen with Jordan Love as the starting quarterback – I think is is being a little biased there in either direction. We just haven't seen him. There's no body of work, right? Uh, and and so as such, it's kind of wait and see mode. Uh, Chris, can the Packers get back uh, back to the playoffs with Jordan Love as QB one this year? Uh, I agree with Jeff. It's going to be a very, very, very tough road when you look at the schedule for the back half of the season. When you look at their last nine opponents, five were in the playoffs a year ago, and there's just a ginormous question mark over Jordan Love. So I would not put my money on it. Listen, when we saw him last year, when Aaron Rodgers was hurt, he looked really good at times. He presented... Uh, completed 66% of his passes, but it's not like he has go-to guys. He doesn't have a single wideout on this team who has more than 50 career catches. So could they? Yes. Will they? Probably not. Yeah, I wish people would stop trying to make us like Jordan Love. Like, this ain't a Disney movie. This is the NFL. And this guy hasn't done anything to prove that he's ready to take over. My problem with the Jordan Love situation. His last name is, is no- Love. And he sat and he waited and he waited. And his yeah. last name is Love. Hey, that's a good name for like maybe an R&B singer. I don't know if it matters in the NFL, right? At the end of the day, no one's told me that he's good. Like no one said, oh, man, you should watch what this guy's been doing in camp. You should watch what he's been doing in practices. We heard all those things about Aaron Rodgers before he took over for Brett Favre. No one said anything convincing about Jordan Love. And that's what worries me the most. To Jeff Darlington's point, Detroit got significantly better. I think Justin Fields is going to take that next step in his career with the pieces they've added around him. And Kirk Cousins, I think he's a loaf of bread personality-wise, but he's got the best receiver in the NFL in Justin Jefferson. The Vikings should be good again. So I just don't know that the Packers have any chance to get into the playoffs with Jordan Love as the quarterback. USC quarterback Caleb Williams is arguably the most exciting player in college football last season. He won the Heisman Trophy and could very well be the number one overall pick when the draft rolls around next April. But will he be able to win a second Heisman this season? Here's Williams on SportsCenter earlier today. Um, it's just being yourself. Everybody always says, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to do something twice, um, especially back to back. And so, um, you know, you got to focus on, on the main thing, which is winning games. And uh, if you want to go, go out there and win, every game and, and go 1-0 each week. If you do the math, you end up being 15-0. You get to host a trophy that you really want. 
Um, but also, you know, when you do something like that, it also makes it a lot easier to go out there and, and, and you know, your self-accolades and your self-goals are, are easily accomplished. Myrony said it there. Heismans are nice, but another there's another trophy he'd like to be holding at the end of the season. Are the Trojans a legitimate college football playoff contender? First off, think how much fun that whole campus is going to be. You got Caleb Williams, you got Bronny James, you got Juju Watkins, the number one recruit in women's basketball. Man, that's going to be a celebrity event every night. I think come on USC down, has Will a- Farrell. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm ready to go to those games. That'll be fun to see. Like I, I think they have the pieces uh, to to have an outside shot. The problem is I don't think anybody trusts that defense. That defense was mediocre last year uh, on a play by play basis. Offensively, Caleb Williams could be even better. Threw 42 touchdowns last year. Uh, now you add uh, a guy like Deuce Robinson, the five-star tight end recruit, Marshawn Lloyd, uh, the, the transfer from South Carolina at tailback. So they could be even better. I just don't know if that defense got better uh, in order for them to get through. Forget the national landscape. The Pac-12 is going to be enough of a challenge in and of itself. So that would be my point is why they're not going to make the playoffs is because the Pac-12 is going to beat up on each other. This is the best that the Pac-12 has been in a very long time, despite the fact this might be the last year we can actually watch them on linear TV before they, I don't know, go to Apple or maybe the CW. But when you look at Bo Nix coming back and Michael Penix Jr. coming back to Washington, this league is going to beat up on each other. And unlike the SEC, where we sit here and say they're going to beat up on each other, they get the respect from the committee and the committee is not going to look at the PAC 12, even though they should this year in the way that they look at the big 10 and the way they look at the sec and would consider what will probably be a two loss USC team and look at them same as if we were going to look at a two loss Alabama team. All right. Last one for nearly two decades. Nick Saban has been the undisputed king of college football, but Kirby Smart and Georgia have won two straight national titles. So is Saban still the best coach in college football? Here's Paul Feinbaum. Every time you have a conversation about Nick Saban, you get a bunch of people yelling at you saying, hey, don't you realize he's won? Yeah, we, we know that. But, but it, it would be like asking you guys, uh, do you think Bill Belichick's still the best coach in the NFL? Of course not. He's got the most titles, but he's not the best coach. And I think that's where Saban is. Now, is he the second best coach? I, I believe he is. Uh, but that's the problem is Nick Saban has never been the second best coach in the SEC or in college football. And right now uh, he, he's entering a new season with two new coordinators and an unknown quarterback. Uh, that's a bad mix. All right, Chris, you heard Feinbaum. Uh, what do you think? Is Saban still the best coach in college football? Is Feinbaum getting checks from Nick Saban? Is there some sort of money <laughs> headed Feinbaum's way for sending out rat poison? <laughs> you know, these teams like to have a little bit of stuff to put up on the wall. Kirby Smart has now run out of stuff to put up on the wall because no writer says he's going to go 7-5. and five. So you know what they had to do this year to come up with ways to motivate the team? They did a six-week study into the New Zealand All Blacks rugby team. That's where he's finding his motivation. So Nick Saban said, I need some motivation here. Paul, go on, get up and say this. I'll send you $500 to a a nice restaurant somewhere in Charlotte for you. Uh, Listen, he's still a fantastic coach. He's way up there. Am I going to rank him or or Kirby Smart? I don't know. Like, to me, it doesn't matter. Can they win a national championship this year if they figure out what's going on at quarterback? Yes. Yeah, I, I think Nick Saban is still the premier coach in college football. I just don't think that matters. He's not the premier recruiter in the NIL and transfer portal era. And I think that's what's changed. Kirby Smart is better than him at that. He's better at recruiting. 
in this era. And this landscape has really only changed within the last three to four years. And I think he is facing a coach who has mastered that in ways that he hasn't. So I don't think it's that he's a better coach. I think Nick Saban, you're talking X's and O's. I'm taking Nick Saban every single time. But if it's about who can go out and get the best talent pool in the name, image, and likeness and transfer portal era, I'm picking Kirby Smart 100 out of 100 times. That said, I think Alabama brought in the number one recruiting class and maybe their top recruiting class than they have in a couple years. Coming up, garbage fries, slam bowl, and divorcing your significant other because of pickleball. We'll get into that next at Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Welcome back, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. If you turn on your television screens on ESPN, you will see the debut of Slam Ball. Basically, this is people jumping on a trampoline trying to dunk a basketball. It seems very safe. Already someone's foot has gone through a trampoline. Get in the zone. It's brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Myron's been in the zone uh, this entire time trying to watch what's going on 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 Slambo. So many questions like how do we come up with team names and logos? The teams that are playing right now is Slashers and Lava. And a lot of these, these rosters, they don't seem like real people, Myron. Now, there's a couple dudes on these rosters named, like, Ice, you know, and, like, they got nicknames. Like, I don't know if these are real people or not. Like, I don't know what their history is or resume. I don't quite know the rules, Chris. Like, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, but I do know it's, like, basically someone said, put trampolines on the court. It'll be more fun. And it is more fun. It's also a bit scary at times, a little chaotic. I've seen some blood. And, and then this was the most re- real moment for me, Chris. Some guy's foot went through the trampoline like and he just sort of stopped and he was like pointing to his foot like my foot is stuck. And they had like a team of people who came over like, okay, we knew this was going to happen. Let's get his foot out. You know what I mean? So they were kind of repaired. But that was the most relatable moment. Like, okay, I need to see someone's foot go through the trampoline so I know it's real uh, and that real things happen moment. Like yeah. a on, like, you know, lose a shoe. I basically lost yes. my leg jumping yep. through the trampoline. These are legit trampolines. Uh, they got, like, these padded yes. helmets. Also, um, what's the deal with – do we have refs? Is there – are there rules? Yeah, the I just don't know is how involved they are. Is every goal the same? Is every bucket the yeah. same? Points the same? I saw a dude run full speed into another guy. And his teammates were, like, cheering him on. And I don't know if it was a foul or not. I think it was, like, they had to go one-on-one on one after that or something like that. And then the dude tried to dunk on him. I, and, and, and these coaches, like, one dude in one game was kind of wearing, like, a suit coat. And then the dudes in the next game, I, I really – I've been like, who are these people? You know, did they, did they just come out the stands and say, I'll coach? Like, have they been a part of the team before this? I don't know, Chris. I have a lot of questions – but I know this is exciting. That was the Vince Lombardi of the uh, slam ball coaches. Do they have a yes, hat? Do they have yes. a hat on too, or no? Yeah, dude, he was he was going he's going elsewhere after this. Like he's like, listen, slam ball is my day job. I got things to do after the game. Okay. I know. I know that. I know that the alley oops are worth three points. That's the only thing oh, that I they? know for sure. That alley oops are are three points. And then there's a face-off where the guys go one-on-one, and it is one of the most intense things I've ever seen. What kind of knees do you have to have for this? Because, like, the the pressure on your knees alone, like, how do you recover from this, Chris? 
Hey, do you know what is also hard on the knees? Pickleball, which right now I'm in this group chat. We're playing a couple's pickleball thing tomorrow. First of all, the group chat needs to slow its roll because, like, every time I go to commercial (laughs) break on here, I got 38 text messages. And right now the conversation is, are we playing as couples or are we just playing – you know, mixed doubles. And there are some people that really want to play with their significant other. And there are some that absolutely do not because it might end in divorce, which listen, I completely understand that. I would like to play with my significant other because he's going to be the best one out there. Um, But I, there have been moments before where we have tried to play things as a couple and, he was a college athlete. He played tennis at the University of Tennessee. Mm. I am not at that level. And when we've tried to play mixed doubles, it doesn't end well because he gets very frustrated that I also was not gifted the same skill set. <laughs> so I'm okay not playing with my significant other, but it has become a very awkward. It's everyone airing their dirty laundry about their husband or wife and why they don't want to <laughs> play with them. And to which one person said, honey, can we please leave this for the therapist and not for public outing on a group thread see that's my challenge is like this is all in the group text so it feels like you know like that's a lot to share all over pickleball which is really taking off i mean we were talking about pickleball last time we did a show together now you're telling me it's compromising relationships how did pickleball reach this point so fast chris uh here's here's what happened People were tired of playing tennis because when you get to a certain age, tennis is very hard on the knees. There's a lot of running. Mm. So basically what we did was we took tennis and ping pong and put it together on a short little court. And now everybody can play. My son can play. You know, my parents can play. And we can all play together. But it has also become extraordinarily intense, which I was not expecting. I thought like you we would all just go out for fun. Now, apparently there's money involved and possible um, divorce, (laughs) you know, attorneys that will need to be present for tomorrow night. I'll let you know how it goes down. Speaking of attorneys, speaking of attorneys, someone that's working at Burger King uh, is going to need one because uh, a Burger King employee has now been charged with a felony for fishing old French fries out of a trash can putting them back in the fryer and giving them to people. This woman lost her job in wake of her arrest Monday on a felony charge of tampering with food over claims that the 39-year-old Burger King staffer makes French fries removed from the trash with freshly cooked French fries. Cops observed two women screaming at Burger King workers, threatening them and hurling expletives. And then apparently it came out that she had been serving fries from the trash. What? Why? Like, what? why? Like, I don't understand how you get to that point. What, what's the, why would you do that? Yeah, why, are you trying to save Burger King some money? She could be facing up to 20 years in jail. Yeah. Okay, we should I mean, let people know. This is, in, this is in South Carolina. So if you've been to a Burger King lately in South Carolina, just... You know, Ooh. you might need to pick up some Pepto Bismol. I'm, I'm not sure what what city this yeah. is in. The see, first, Waffle the House would never do that to you. By the way, no. Like, that's no. what I appreciate about the Waffle House. You see what everybody's cooking right there. You might see two or three fights while you're there, but the eggs and the everything's going to be very good and it'll be fresh. They don't play that you at the Waffle what? House. I was just thinking the other day that I have 
I grew up on Waffle House, like living in Atlanta till I was 13. There was a Waffle – you'd go to a corner, and there'd be three Waffle Houses. You know, one corner just doesn't – has the Burger King. And I thought, my kid's seven, and he ain't never been to a Waffle House. We got to fix this. Mm. Got to get him there. We don't have them up here in Minnesota, so whenever I'm near one, I go in, and I just kind of enjoy the atmosphere, you know? Like, and I like to go – I like to go at scary hours, like – 11.45 at night, you know, just to yeah, see if something yeah. might jump off, you know. Get you one of those little hats, put some money yeah. in, the, in the jukebox, get yourself something, get some hash Love browns, it. smothered, covered, chopped, and all the mm. goodness. All right, this has been a fun one on a Friday evening. Myron Metcalf, Chris Button, <laughs> hope your weekend is off to a great start. Uh, hopefully you are not divorcing your significant other over pickleball. I'll let you know next week if we're still together. This has been ESPN Radio, Joe and Amber. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.